0: God gives every church what they need to be successful, some of which is yet to be realized. Pastor Ed Taylor explains. We need each other. You
1: need the person sitting next to you and behind you and in front of you. We need each other. God has put us in this fellowship family for a reason, for a purpose. I personally believe that God puts in every local church, all of the giftings and all of the gifted people for that church to thrive. But it takes time for you to realize that. For you to step up and begin to exercise the gifts that God has given you so that the church might thrive and the witness of the gospel will continue to expand.
0: This is amazing grace. This is failure. made for a purpose. As a believer, you're part of the body of Christ, the church. That should excite you. And today's Abounding Grace with Pastor Ed Taylor will encourage you to discover it, that you might fulfill it. If you were with us last time, you'll remember the several descriptions of the church we considered. The church is like a hospital where you can find healing and like a restaurant where you could be fed the word of God. Here now with more is Pastor Ed.
1: To win a person to Jesus Christ, we have to be a hospital. You don't win people to Jesus Christ unless you're around sick people, unless you're out on the highways and the byways sharing the gospel. And so in order to see God use us to bring people to himself, we've got to be a spiritual hospital. And then once a person is won to Jesus Christ and they are saved, then the discipleship starts. When disciples sin, now we begin to disciple and build up and train and teach and help and pray and comfort and all the things that go with discipleship. And so we're a training center, so you can be supported. A fourth thing that I see the church is is a gymnasium. You go out to the gym, right? And what do you do when you go to the gym? You work out. And this needs to be a place where you can work out, where you can discover and exercise your spiritual gifts, where spiritually you can start to exercise. For some of you, you haven't been in the game for a long time. You haven't exercised your spiritual gifts. I know that some of you may not even know your spiritual gifts, but as we go through in the coming weeks, we're going to teach you. You're going to know what your spiritual gifts are and how to use them and where they fit. It's going to be beautiful. I hope you're expecting it and waiting for it. It's going to be great. To exercise. This is a great environment to learn how to exercise your gifts so that when you go out into the world, you can exercise your gifts as the church goes out into the world. And so we need to be a place where you can exercise your gifts. And then finally, it's when disciple, and send, isn't it? And so now the church is a great picture of a launching pad where we send young people or not so young people out on short-term trips. We send long-term missionaries out. We send you back into your workplace. We send you back into your family. We send you out. This isn't a place where you just come and hang out here and never leave. You come in and then you go. And where you go, you take the gospel with you. And all of your callings and all that you are and how God's wired you, we get to go. And so the church isn't just like a little holy huddle or some little social club. And this is business. You do business with God as we gather together. And He does business with you if you let Him. And then you leave. You're the church. I walk through this building all week. And without you guys in it, it's just a shell. You know, the only spiritual thing about this building while you're gone is that 24 hours a day, seven days a week, in every nook and cranny of this building, some worship music's playing. You know, we've set that up. We've got speakers in here, out on the property, everywhere, so that when you are on the property, you get that sense that the Lord is ministering here. But without you here, it's just a shell of a building with people singing on CD, you know. That's it. But when you guys come, oh my, this place comes alive because the church is here. And so I guess with our terminology, you could say the church went to church. <laughs> and it's so great. But then when you guys head out here today until our service tonight, it's just going to be a building. It's just going to be a shell. Because we're launched out. We leave. The church doesn't stay in the building. We leave. It's not like Peter where he said, oh, let's build these tents, these tabernacles here with you. No, no, no. You can't live up on the mountaintop. You've got to go down into the valleys and the highways and the byways. You just can't stay up here. Enjoy it. But you've got to go back into real life. So you can have real answers to the real people in your life. And so Paul here in Romans 12 describes the church as a body. He uses that phrase twice. And while we're here, turn over to 1 Corinthians chapter 12, would you? So Paul encourages us to remind ourselves that we're a body. And he says in verse 1, present your physical bodies to God as a living sacrifice. But now he uses the picture of body as a picture of the church. And it's true. We're all interconnected and we're all needful. You realize, don't you, that you need your body to work well together, right? All of the parts of your body you want to work well. You don't often realize, we'll get to 1 Corinthians in a moment. Just get ahead, 1 Corinthians 12. You don't often realize how valuable the parts of your body are until they stop working. And then you go, oh, wow, where did that come from? Like, you know, as the years of your odometer keep clicking, right? It seems like every year something stops working. are like, what happened there? Like, what happened? My knee, it hurts. You ever have a toothache? It affects your whole body. You ever stub your toe in the middle of the night? Everyone else knew you did because you screamed. Your whole body screamed out. You ever have constant headaches, never go away, arthritis? You know, because one little part of your body affects all of your body. And that's how it is in the body of Christ. One little part of the body affects all of the body. And when one part of the body doesn't work right, it affects the rest of the body. And it's a great picture. It's a great picture for us of the church. We're all interconnected and interrelated. We need each other. You need the person sitting next to you and behind you and in front of you. We need each other. God has put us in this fellowship family for a reason, for a purpose. I personally believe that God puts in every local church, all of the giftings and all of the gifted people for that church to thrive. But it takes time for you to realize that, for you to step up and begin to exercise the gifts that God has given you so that the church might thrive and the witness of the gospel will continue to expand. Sure, we're not to think too highly of ourselves. We're not to think too lowly of ourselves, but we are to have a sober-minded thought of presenting ourselves to God and letting him tell us what he wants from us. I mean, when you think of the body, your own body, wouldn't it be a bummer if you woke up in the morning and your fingers could talk and they said, we're going on strike today, Ed, and they just fell like that and you're trying to push your, you know, you're trying to put your, uh, your alarm off, and you can't do it, and you try to the other one, and you just can't do it, because a finger says, you know what, you're not taking care of us anymore. I'm going on strike. It would affect the rest of your body, right? Or how about this? What if you woke up, and your, your fingers are mad at you, because you slept on them wrong, you know, and you got up, and your, finger, your fingers just start doing this. And it's like, what's up? We don't like you today, Ed. Oh, man, you try to get away from this one, and it's really goofy, isn't it? But you know, it's the same exact picture that Paul uses in 1 Corinthians 12 for the church. Sometimes the church is like that. Oh, you're not giving me enough attention. And then you start screaming out for attention. Oh, you don't pay attention, you don't pay enough attention to me. What about me? Hello, you forgot about me. God hasn't forgotten about you. You're serving God, right? You're living for him. He hasn't forgotten about you. But we start this, we start to gain an attitude that makes us unusable for the things of God start to have an attitude that pulls us away from the will of God. He says right here in verse 4, he says, there's diversities of gifts. This is 1 Corinthians 12, but the same Spirit. Differences of ministries, but the same Lord. Differences and diversities of activities, but it's the same God who works all in all. And the manifestation of the spirits given to each one for the profit of all. Not selfish, but selfless. And then you jump down to verse 12, for as the body is one and has many members, but all... The members of that one body being many are one body, so is Christ. Verse 14. In fact, the body is not one member but many. So here, you know, you thought I was just making up some dumb little illustration. Paul uses it. He says, Look at look how dumb this is. If the foot should say, Because I'm not a hand, I'm not of the body, is it therefore not of the body? Think about that. Your foot going, you know what, I'm not walking for you today, buddy. You know, all you do is put me in these smelly socks and you haven't bought me shoes in a while and, you know, your hair gets all the attention. I don't understand it. You wash it, you comb it, you take care of it, you cut it, but for us, these toes. Oh, I'm sick of being your foot. I want to be your hair, man. Like, first of all, after you're done being weirded out, you know, you're like, what's this all about? But the church is sometimes like that. You're sometimes like that. I'm sometimes like that. Or something gets in us and we want some kind of attention. Like God's not good enough for us anymore. Jesus isn't enough. We've got to have something else. It's a perversity. It's a twisting of our flesh. And we start saying things like this. I don't like and I don't. And we're like, wow, man, how's your walk with the Lord doing? You okay? You all right? How's your prayer life been? How's your devotional life? Because that doesn't sound like the heart of Jesus. And we just gently point you back to Jesus because that's the best place for you and me. He doesn't end there, he says. And if the ear should say, because I'm not an eye, I'm not of the body, it's therefore not of the body. And he says, if the whole body were an eye, that would be weird. Like if it's just you were just one big eyeball with feet on it or whatever. I mean, that, if the whole body were an eye, where would be the hearing? Ooh. And if the whole hearing, where would be the smelling? But God has now set the members, each one of them in the body. Notice, you might want to mark this just as he pleased. We serve at the pleasure of a holy and righteous God. It's his pleasure, not ours. I love that. It frees me up. I'm unique. I've shared that with you before. I've come to terms with that. I'm unique. I'm okay with that. I came from a very, very, very large and blessed church. That's where I was saved. My pastor, Jeff Johnson... God apprehended his heart. And now he has the privilege of pastoring in Downey, California to thousands upon thousands upon thousands upon thousands of people. He is a blessed man. It's so wonderful to be a part of that fellowship. But if you were to listen to Pastor Jeff's teachings and compare his teaching style to my teaching style, you know what you would find? We are very different. Pastor Jeff is Jeff. And I've already shared with you, I'm Ed. And I'm okay with it. I'm even okay when some of you guys throw in an extra word, Mr. (laughs) Mr. Ed. I'm not changing my name. I'm all right with it. And I have no desire to be like Pastor Jeff. I have no desire to be like Pastor Chuck Swindoll or Pastor Chuck Smith or Pastor John MacArthur. They all have their place in the body. I'm content to be Pastor Ed, and I'm okay with that. You see, if I just came out to Colorado to try to copy Pastor Jeff, and just copy what we saw there and the spirit of God moving and downy, I would have been a miserable failure because God does not want us to copy someone else. We're unique and individual. And you are unique and individual, Personally, You have your own special creative giftings from God. And God doesn't want you to be anyone else but yourself. Now, there is room, as the Bible teaches... Paul was great. He says, imitate me as I imitate Christ. He doesn't want just copies trying to be like someone else, but simply to follow the examples and be yourself. And it's okay to be you. There's place for you in the body. You are important here at Calvary Aurora. You're very important. Your giftings, your talents, your family, your personality, all of you, you are very important to the church here, to this fellowship family. And I don't want to see you trying to copy anybody or trying to be someone else. If you're a foot, then be the best foot you can be. If God has made you a hand, then be the best hand you can be. You know what God's made me, right? I'm a mouth, I know. And I also understand that some of you have added a word to that too. A big mouth. But you want to know something? My whole life, I've been a big mouth. The problem was, is most of my life, I didn't use that mouth for the glory of God. And so it's not like God just made me somebody that I wasn't. He used something that I threw away on the world, and he redeemed it for his church. I've always had a big mouth. Anybody could tell you that. But now it's redeemed by the blood of the Lamb to be a big mouth for Jesus Christ. And so some of you, God's gifted you, but you're a hand. And you're like, no, I want to be a mouth. What if God hasn't made you a mouth? No, I want to be a mouth. I want to be a big mouth, man. I want to be up front. I want people to know me. No, no, you don't. You want what God has for you. And if you're a hand, you be the best hand you can be. If you're a foot and nobody sees you, nobody knows you, your ministry is just as important as to someone that is up front and is seen. You want to be faithful. I want to be faithful in what God has. You know, I've been a mouth my whole life, but for a lot of my ministry, I served back downstairs in the children's ministry, ministering to kids and ministering to their families taking out the trash, vacuuming the floors, all the while God was training me and preparing me for what was up ahead. And you know what? I still do that. I still love to talk to your kids. I still love to make sure the trash cans are empty and the floors are clean so that there is no opportunity for the enemy to send any kind of message other than we care for you in this church. That's what a clean floor says. We care for you. We care enough to pick something up so it doesn't instruct you from hearing from the Lord. We care for your kids. We care for your families. I want you to know from personal, firsthand experience. I'm not talking theory. I'm not talking about seminary or anything I've learned. I know this firsthand because I serve alongside the pastors of this church, and I serve alongside the lay leaders of this church, and I serve alongside the servants of this church, and I serve alongside the people that have yet to serve and yet to step. Among you guys, I just want you to know the people of this church, we care for you. If you stay here a week, or will you stay here for the entirety until the rapture takes? We love you and we care for you. And we want to see you grow in the things of God. We want to see you strong in the things of God. you got to know that. You go, oh, no, no, Ed. Some of you are already bad. No, no, that's not true. I haven't seen anybody be nice to me today. I don't think you really mean it. I think you're just saying it. No, no, I'm telling you the truth. I'm telling you from the bottom of my heart that people in this church care for you. I personally know of hundreds of people in this church And that's just me. I mean, there's much more than what I know firsthand. But I know of hundreds of people in this church that invest countless self-sacrificial hours of their life unto the Lord to bless you, to take care of you. They work full-time jobs, and they serve. They have growing families, and they serve. They have personal, interpersonal, neighborhood needs, and they serve you. Why? Because they love you. You may not know them. You may not have met them yet, But it's like Paul said, they give their lives, they sacrifice their lives, they lay their lives down on the altar for you. And I pray that you join them. Because it's such a blast to be used of God, to make a difference in someone's life. I pray you let God use you as a dad, dads. And you let God use you as a mom, moms. And kids, you would be obedient to your parents. Single parents, you'd hang in there. Singles, you wouldn't become impatient. Those of you that are serving us as law enforcement, as police officers, firefighters out in the hospitals, that you would pray for wisdom from God so that he might use you even greater. Because we pray for you. We pray that you're safe, that you're sound, that that God takes care of your family because you sacrifice in so many ways for us. This church loves you. And you may not believe it right now, but you stick around long enough. And you get involved and you'll see that even when we fail you, the Lord hopefully will apprehend our hearts and we'll repent. We'll ask for forgiveness. Because again, I don't need to put that picture up there again, right? Because you remember the picture, it's you. <laughs> and we all have needs that only the Holy Spirit can fulfill. And I want you to know that. That there are a lot of people here that do mean it and that do care. There are a lot of people that have sacrificed a lot in their lives. They don't want any attention. They don't want to have the pat on the back. They don't want anything other than one day to hear, well done, good and faithful servant enter into the joy of the Lord. And that's really what matters. It's an interesting thing for me as we close. When I go on vacation, this particular vacation, I check out of the world completely. I don't take my laptop. I don't take my phone. I watch a little bit of the news. And what that does, if you want to try it, it gives you a lot of time to think and pray. And I do. I think and pray. And, and I can say that I missed the church. I missed the church. I missed being here. I mean, don't, don't, don't misunderstand me. This vacation was just me and Marie. I mean, it was great. <laughs> I mean, it was wonderful. No kids, no phone, no nothing. I enjoyed it thoroughly. But there was a part of me that said, oh, I miss the fellowship. I miss the church. What's going on? I want to know. I want to be there. But I set that time aside, and we had a great time together. But once I'm back now, see, you may not have this frame of reference. Some of you do. I do. Some of you may not. But I remember the Lord was just ministering my heart because I get nostalgic when I get time to think. I just like, oh, I like to think back of the faithfulness of God. And there was a time in this church, I remember it, I can see it in my mind, when there was just 30 people sitting in front of me, listening to the word of God being taught. Just 30 people, just hungry for God's word. I still remember the time we had a midweek study and three people showed up. And God was saying, Ed, are you gonna teach the three people as if they were 3,000? Or are you going to be all messed up because only three people? Do you care about the three people? Do you really care about being a pastor here? Or are you going to get all hung up about who's here, who's not here? And God's always doing that in our lives, right? But now, look what God has done. That 30 people has, has multiplied, not because of anything that we've done. We're really not doing anything different than we did when we had 30 people. They're not doing anything. We love, we love people. We point you to Jesus Christ. We teach you the Bible. But I want you to know something. This is a very special church. I know of no other church family like this on the planet earth. I don't say that because we're better than other churches. Don't misunderstand me, please. That's not what I'm saying at all. We're not better than anybody. But you know what? God has ordained Calvary Aurora for a reason and a purpose, and there is not one other church on the planet earth today like ours. And it is a tremendous privilege for us not only being a part of it, but for me personally, let me tell you, it is a It is a tremendous privilege for me to be able to serve you, for me to be able to love you and to learn how to love you, to grow with you, to watch what God is doing. And so if the enemy's messing with your head and things aren't going all the way that you would want, just see it for what it is. It's spiritual warfare. And come back to the basics of your life. Come back to your salvation. Come back to the time when God did have your heart. Remember the church in Ephesus ran into this problem. Jesus had to come to them and said, guys, what the heck happened? What happened? You have left your first love. And I'm afraid that some of you may have left your first love too. And listen, it hurts us. When one part of the body hurts, we all hurt. And I still believe God has much to do in and through us as a church. And I pray that you love the church too. And that you love this church. And let God fully manifest himself in your life, empowering you to serve with the gifts
0: that he's given you. Amen? Amen. You've been listening to Pastor Ed Taylor of Calvary Church in Aurora, Colorado. Thanks for tuning in to Abounding Grace. Pastor Ed, no doubt there were some listening today that were encouraged to start serving with their gift, but perhaps they aren't sure what their gift is. Can you give them some guidelines on how to identify it and some steps they can take to get involved in their church? Well, you know, Larry, this series in Romans chapter
1: 12 is specifically set to help you identify what your spiritual gift is, what it looks like in operation, What are some of the positive aspects, and what are some of the negative uh, things to watch out for? To find your spiritual gift, open the Bible, read through Romans chapter 12, pray over those seven gifts, uh, stay with us as we continue to study them, and ask God to show you where you fit in the body of Christ. And once you recognize how you fit in the body of Christ, then step into a place where your gift fits perfectly within the context of your own fellowship. That may require you asking a pastor to help you or a ministry leader. It may require you to call the church and talk to somebody that you can talk things through. Uh, It may require you to pay close attention to the announcements, the video or the bulletin that you get so that you hear of the needs. And remember, if you step out to serve God in your local church, God will honor that. And sometimes we discover our gifts by stepping out and going, oh, I don't think I'm gifted there. (laughs) And it's okay if you serve in a place where you're not particularly gifted because you're serving and whatever you're doing is unto the Lord. So don't be so afraid that you'll serve somewhere where your gifts aren't used. Your gifts will always be used because as you present yourself to God, a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to the Lord, he'll use you and you'll begin to see your gifts discovered uh, as they're revealed by the Holy Spirit. One more thing, Larry. I think we take so much of the burden and pressure upon our shoulders that God himself reserves, and that is he's the revealer, he's the gift giver, he's the leader, he leads us, he doesn't push us, he doesn't prod us, he doesn't manipulate us, he leads us. So simply pray as you're abiding in Christ and follow his lead.
0: You really can't make a mistake when you're serving the Lord, following his lead. Great question. That is very helpful. Thanks again, Pastor Ed. And friend, if you enjoyed today's study in Romans, you can hear it again online at aboundinggraceradio.com or catch a replay through our app. Download that today when you search for Calvary Aurora. We're also on OnePlace.com. We're really excited about this month's offer in light of the times we're living in. How close are we to the time of the end that the Bible speaks of? In 25 Signs, We Are Near the End, Don Stewart examines the scripture, unveiling what it has to say about coming events and the end. Many Christians avoid books like Daniel, Ezekiel, and Revelation because they find it difficult to understand. But Don Stewart will present it in an easy-to-understand way. It's our pick of the month, available for a gift of $25 or more to Abounding Grace. We ask that you call us at 877-30-GRACE. That's 877-30-GRACE. If you're not ordering resources, but would just like to make a donation to the ministry, you can do so online at AboundingGraceRadio.com. Well, that's all the time we have for today, but come back tomorrow when we'll return to Romans on Abounding Grace with Pastor Ed Taylor. This is amazing grace. and Grace is brought to you by Calvary Church in Aurora, Colorado.